Welcome to Street Talk Theology with Pastor Dominic Grimaldi. Pastor Dom went from a life of organized crime to federal prison. There, God saved him and set him free. Soon after his release, he attended seminary and received his master's degree and is now the senior pastor of Desert Sky Baptist Church, where he serves with a passion for biblical theology right here in Casa Grande. Now let's join our host, Pastor Dominic Grimaldi. Pastor Dominic Grimaldi here with Street Talk Theology. We take theology and bring it to the streets. Well, I got my uh, guest with me again, and I'm so it's an honor to have Mr. Kevin Swanson with us. Again, if this is the first time you're listening to this, if you didn't catch last week, you need to just uh, go on the website or go on um, the Christian podcast community or Sermon Audio, and that would be on there. And let me just tell you about Kevin. Uh, Kevin Swanson has studied popular culture for over 25 years. He's worked as a disc jockey for many years on formats ranging from contemporary Christian music, rock, country oldies, news talk. He has served as a judge at six national film festivals. He's a pastor, a husband, a father, a speaker, radio host, and author of many books, including his most recent, Apostate, The Men Who Destroyed the Christian West. And we are talking about the tattoo Jesus. Kevin, say hello to our audience again, please. Uh, Man, it's good to be with you again, Dominic, and just to talk about the things that matter most. Hey, every single person runs into popular culture every day, and we got to be able to discern this stuff. You know, I I was looking at some of the questions, and and there's so many good questions here. In a half hour, we're not going to be able to cover all of them. But I got this one of these questions that says, well, I want to get right into it because this is an interesting question for me. What sort of mistakes do Christians make when they produce movie reviews? This is an interesting question. I, I don't I, I, I'd love to hear that answer. Is that a, am I reading that right, Kevin? Right. Yeah. 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 yeah I mean, bottom line, Dominic, is there's various ways to look at, at movies. And typically these are produced by some of the most brilliant and thoughtful uh, producers, those who are very self-conscious of their own worldviews, basically their religious perspective concerning reality, God's existence, God's relevance, uh, whether or not you know God's law is, is right or wrong, or whether man is ultimately God and to determine his own uh, standard of right and wrong. So these are the sorts of questions that uh, Christians need to be asking. And I think Christians oftentimes are counting cuss words. Um, perhaps looking at sex scenes and determining whether or not there's too much flesh or not enough flesh. And, and that's okay, but we, we, we have to understand that uh, there's some pretty insidious stuff that's going on. Worldviews are conveyed in a very insidious type of way. Worldviews are under the foundation of the buildings. Typically, you look down to the floor and you see the flooring, the carpeting. You can't see the footers. You're not seeing the foundations of a building. Same thing applies to literature and culture. You can't always identify right away what the worldview is, and yet it slips up on you. And uh, so, as Christians, I think we need to be analyzing the worldview, the basic worldview, the meta-ethic that is, on what basis are they determining what is right and wrong in the movie? And most of the time, movies, they just kind of lure us into, like so many thought La La Land was such a wonderful movie, but they, they were shacking up together. They're committing fornication. It was all about their own career. It was a, the narcissistic, existentialistic, world, all about me worldview. I determine what is best for me that will achieve the most fame 
or recognition for myself. And that becomes the, 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 the major reason why I make the decisions that I make. Um, it's, it's, you know, I will determine my own existence and I will determine my own standard for right and wrong. And I will determine what will be a good life for me. And I'm not going to submit, uh, to any kind of a standard outside of myself uh, that that's humanism, that's existentialism. Uh, so I think, you know, Christians tend to miss out on that because they were lured into appreciating these things, um, without being, careful now now of course a lot of christians consider a movie good because it's redemptive you know this a lot of times people say it's redemptive at the end everything turned out well mm. well every religion every worldview has a definition of what's wrong with the world uh eastern mystics have their perspective the muslims have their the humanists have their perspective and they have their own basic story of redemption salvation it's not that we should be agreeing with every worldview and other every false religion out there no 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 we need to be discerning we need to identify what is their ethic what is their standard of redemption what is their worldview that they're conveying in the film so so i would suggest christians should read books like the tattoo jesus uh, there actually aren't too many books out there on discerning popular culture. Right? There's three or four good ones, uh, but this is a short little 140-page book to really help parents to discern what is right and wrong. And I would say a lot of movie reviews don't get to the worldview level, and that to me is is a problem. The other the other issue is remember, uh, oftentimes the mode does contradict the message. Like suppose you were doing a film on David and Bathsheba. And, you know, you got this R-rated scene where they're in the jacuzzi, you know, and they're disclothed and they're portraying their, you know, sexual sin on the screen. Now, now, is it possible that you have so perverted the movie that Nathan the prophet cannot possibly compensate for how you have ruined the, the entire story through this particular sex scene? Absolutely. So we as Christians need to be concerned, as concerned for the mode as we are to the message. Um, you know, if you take the Mona Lisa, someone put this one more paint stroke over her upper lip and give her a mustache. You know, one paint stroke can destroy the painting. One scene could destroy a movie uh, and thereby, you know, the mode whereby the message is conveyed is contradicting the message that was supposed to be communicated in the film. So, so I just give these examples of we need to be concerned with the mode. We need to be concerned with the worldview. We need to be concerned with how the, the presentation of the, the message is affecting the message itself as our children ourselves are watching these movies. Yeah. So I got a question, if I may, I was just reading, I was just thinking about this book many years ago um, I, that dealt with pluralism, when, uh, a book by D.A. Carson called The Gagging of God. I don't know if you're familiar with this, um, mm. confronting with, it's, just, it's like a phone book, but I'm so glad that Tattoo Jesus isn't that long because there's a lot, there's a lot of stuff in here. But so here's a question. I was just thinking about this and I, I, so I, you know, I grew up in Manhattan. I lived in Staten Island. I'm, you know, went to Yankee games and Giant games. I mean, that's, I I was a sports. I, I love sports. Is it okay, Kevin, for us to watch sports? I mean, even sports today is the culture is kind of infiltrating like sports even today. I mean, it's almost like 
you know, you got this stuff that's in the end zone. I'm saying, what the heck happened? I'm just trying to enjoy a football game. I don't want these these innuendos and these 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 kind of subverted messages while I'm watching a a baseball game, you know. But anyway, just mm-hmm. your thoughts on that. Is well, that a fair question? Yeah, yes. Well, sports is a metaphor for warfare. And so uh-huh. a lot of art and a lot of culture is a metaphor. Uh, it means it, it stands for reality. And so my problem is when people get lost in the metaphor. Mm. And so, you know, you'll have uh, a, a father just sitting there enjoying sports all day long, but doesn't realize it. his family's in the middle of spiritual warfare and he needs to get off the lazy boy recliner, open the word of God, pray over his family and engage real warfare in the real world. Mm. Uh, so I, I, I have no trouble with metaphor. I have no trouble with, you know, reading some some fiction story of a war or a battle between good and evil or watching a movie of a battle where good and evil is fighting it out, uh, hopefully on the basis of God's definition of what is good and evil. And hopefully with the recognition that God exists and God is the source of what is and defines what is good and evil. Okay. Hopefully that worldview is there, but as we're watching this, you know, play out, between good and evil, this battle playing out between good and evil, we can't get to the point where we're so lost in the metaphor that we're not engaging real war. I, I give the example of, let's say, a, a, a young boy was in in the back of Helm's Deep in you know the two towers, and you know he's playing the game Helm's Deep while the the men are defending the women and children against a hundred thousand orcs you know so what what would the men do they say hey hey, get your rear end out here and start defending the women and children he said well wait a minute i'm playing the game helms deep and i'm already at the 21st level you know he's he's so addicted to the game that he's not willing to get out here and defend the women and children against ten thousand orcs uh you know we're having a hard time we only have 140 guys uh, firing arrows against 10,000 orcs and you're way back playing the game Helm's Deep. What's the deal with that? So again, if 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 the entertainment and the culture experiences, the, the sports addictions and such are disabling us from engaging real life, then we are taking the 1,000 escape ramps off the highway of reality, which is what modern world does. And so there's so much escapism and isolationism going on in popular culture today that uh, that people are hardly engaging the real wars. Hey, there's a real war going on against abortion. You know, why not get out there and fight abortion, obviously, in a right sort of way. But let's fight down this this horrible, uh, evil thing that has descended upon our country and taken the lives of a million kids every year. Uh, that should be a concern for us. So I'm not opposed to metaphor. I'm not opposed to story. I'm not opposed to allegory, movies, et cetera. But let's be sure we're not lost in the metaphor. Um, So does that help? No, it does. So I um, didn't know what a parrot head was until a few weeks ago. Um, And and this is before I got these questions. And I had learned about this Jimmy Buffett um, and this this parrot head. I had no idea when he died. And I, I mentioned it in a message. I, this thing, I mean, I know he wrote a couple of songs, Margaritaville and things like that. I mean, we all know that. But I had no idea that this was like a cult. I'm serious. It was, and I brought it to the Congress. And this was after I got your questions. And because I actually 
related to the congregation. I says, listen, I know this man just died and, you know, we know him for this. But I had no idea the following and the type of worldview, maybe I'm using the wrong, that the these parrot heads had um, in following this Jimmy Buffett lifestyle. I mean, I had no idea. Now, obviously, you said here, what's wrong with Jimmy Buffett? You did a radio program on Jimmy Buffett's music after you passed away. What's the assessment? So I had learned about this guy before I got this question. And then I listened to some of your show on, on Generations. And I said, man, I want to let Kevin expound on this this dude. And then I want to try to get into one more, Jack Bauer. I like this stuff here. So can you, and then the Marvel stuff, I'm reading you know, this, I know. Yeah, yeah, very, very quickly, you know, Jimmy, Jimmy Buffett presents, you know, life of responsibility. You see this in the vacation culture, the surf culture, the skiing culture out here in Denver. It's the 49-year-old man that's never grown up yet. It's the uh, addiction to immaturity and a revolt against maturity that goes on in our society today. Um, it's, you know, all about just closing your eyes, pretending none of this reality exists. If you laugh loud enough, maybe you won't have to deal with God and his judgment. It's pretty shallow philosophy overall, um, but there's also the philosophy of escape. Um, there's the idea that enjoyments are fleeting, eat, drink, and be merry for tomorrow we die. I mean, that's, you know, the typical sort of worldview that is conveyed uh, in the world around us. It's also sometimes a capitulation to sin. It's uh, what John Bunyan would call the man in the iron cage in Pilgrim's Progress. A man is just hopelessly sunk into his sin, wasting away in Margaritaville because it's my own default, uh, which means that you've kind of consigned yourself to damnation and condemnation. Um, same thing with uh, Roger Miller's Dang Me. You know, they ought to take a rope and hang me. Actually, it's one of the most popular songs of the 1960s, if you can go back that far. But uh, again, it's, it's the hopelessness of consigning oneself to a uh, life of sin and, and, and not really embracing the redemption that could come by Jesus. Uh, so to me, a lot of this media today is a post-Christian media. And I think we have to realize that we live in a post-Christian age. This is this is the direction. This is the zeitgeist. This is where we've been going for the last 50 years. If you follow the movies, you know, all the way back in the 1930s, uh, top movie of the 30s was Snow White, The Seven Dwarfs, and Gone with the Wind in the 40s, Ten Commandments in the 50s. Uh, Sound of Music was the big movie in the 60s. Uh, Jungle Book as well. But then you get into the 70s, it's Jaw, Star Wars, Exorcist, and then Jurassic Park, Titanic. And you're getting into more sex scenes. You're getting into more escapism, uh, Lord of the Rings, Harry Potter, Star Wars, Avatar, Avenger. And, you know, you're you're moving more and more in the area of escape, uh, fantasy, uh, and, uh, and, and violation of God's laws on multiple levels. I mean, you take Avatar just recently come out they're just totally dedicated to pagan worship on a planet pandora in which you know you become one with the trees and other parts of the material world that's just pure and simple pantheism it's an in-your-face worldview rejection of the christian faith at the most fundamental level and that's that's you know that's where where we are today that's not where we were with the ten commandments in the 1950s that wasn't where we were uh, with the sound of music in the 1960s. We, we have seen the most popular movies in the world being movies that are, you know, taking up issues 
like pantheism and polytheism and, and the Marvel stuff. Obviously, they've gone pro-homosexual. You almost have uh, every single movie at this point has some kind of a homosexual scene or a homosexual character. So it's all part of the current zeitgeist. But, you know, as you move your way into the Avengers, uh, what you're dealing with is, you know, fate. And then you've got the ancient one who's the witch doctor, or the sorcerer. He's won the contest of the supreme sorcerer in the world. He uses dark magic, but for good ends, uh, cast the spells. Uh, the movie also has uh, voluntary human sacrifice uh, and on and on it goes. And these are the sorts of this. These are the directions we have gone in the last 70 years. Uh, that's not where we were with the Ten Commandments and the Sound of Music in the 1960s. I mean, we, we're way, way, way over the edge into all-out pantheism and paganism today uh, through these Marvel movies, especially, or Avatar. Uh, but the average Christian has been the uh, the frog in the slowly boiling water. You know, uh, we're, we're going up about a degree a year, and, and those frogs have enjoyed the jacuzzi for quite some time, but we're approaching a 211.7 degrees Fahrenheit and pretty much boiled alive at this point. But I would say most Christian frogs aren't realizing the fact that they have been boiled alive by the year 2023. So I guess, I, you know, part of our goal is just wake Christians up to where we are and where we've gone over, you know, these 50, 60 years and, uh, and, and caution them in terms of what they're going to show their kids, what they're going to allow their kids to see. You think about what Disney has done. Thankfully, the governor of Florida has come up against it, but uh, they have been the most pro-LGBTQ organization since uh, Mulan of the 1990s. And then, uh, of course, uh, Beauty and the Beast, I'm going to say 2017, Beauty and the Beast introduced the first homosexual scene. Again, loosening us up to accept the LGBTQ lifestyle. In fact, I believe that if it wasn't for Disney or if it wasn't for Lady Gaga and the cultural icons of the day, the Supreme Court of the United States would have never ruled on Obergefell as they did in 2015. So bottom line here is popular culture has changed the overall perceptions of some of those abominable things we could have ever imagined in the mind of most Christians, as well as most Americans, uh, they've softened us to it. Country music has softened us to it. The movies have softened us to it. Uh, popular music, Lady Gaga's, uh, softened us to the homosexual lifestyle to the point now where even Christian churches are accepting this hook, line, and sinker. I include evangelical churches now. It's amazing now, not just the uh, mainline denominations accepting the LGBTQ lifestyle and the orientation as well as the, the identification. Um, so at this point, you know, I think we've been over the edge and it's pop culture that's led um, the billions of people around the globe down the primrose path. Uh, this Pied Piper is uh, is really working this thing on steroids at this point. You know, this is Kevin, this is really convicting. I mean, I can, you know, thank God as pastors, we, we have, you know, study and preparing sermons. <clears throat> but you think about some of the things that you're saying which is really, really convicting. You're showing this downward spiral, almost like as an angel of light. I mean, because you're saying people say, well, what's wrong with watching Jaws or what's wrong with watching? I just see from where you're starting from, say, the Ten Commandments and how, and now people say, well, it's only a movie. But there's such these, these subliminal messages that these, as I'm listening to you, if you think about some of these later movies, like you said, the subliminal message of, of pantheism and all this stuff, you know, we, I, we've lost 
to be deep thinkers. We we think this stuff is okay, but it's really not okay. And it, it this is a great. I really enjoyed hearing this because it really it almost unveils who is behind the Wizard of Oz, a little dude with a little you know behind the curtain, so to speak. It's it's really uh, let me use the word. It's it's refreshing to hear this. People need to hear this. They, and you yeah. know, you're not talking about murder. You're not talking about uh, things like that. You're talking about how culture is actually using Peter Berger's term cognitively contaminating us to the point where everything's okay. It don't yeah. matter. I don't mm-hmm. want to start preaching, that's, but that's man, where we've gone. And, you, and, and, you know, we've been seduced into it. Uh, the movies cast a spell. They become something of a medium. Uh, the devil, I think, uses the media as a medium and it seduces us. It, the music, the the visuals, they, they seduce us. They cast a spell on us. Uh, for example, I took an issue with uh, Star Trek Into the Darkness that uh, introduced a cross-species mating scene. I mean, it's just horrible to even think about it. You know, the violation of Leviticus 18 at the most uh, horrible possible level. You have a human being, you know, cross-species mating. And I took an issue with this. And and I remember a, a pastor rather offended with me because, you know, he grew up on Star Trek and he, he, his heart was all wrapped around it. Well, the same thing with something like Harry Potter or How to Train Your Dragon. You know, by the time you get the sequel of How to Train Your Dragon, turns out that Hiccup's mentor is a homosexual. Same thing with Harry Potter's mentor. So, you know, they, they, they get us attracted to the, the, the series of movies all the way back, say, to Toy Story, one of the favorite children's movies of the 1980s or 1990s but you fast track it to uh to Lightyear last year and Lightyear presents a almost you know thoroughgoing central theme on male homosexuality I and mean, you know that's where we are so what you do if you're the Pied Piper is you get everybody attracted to one of the most uh winsome children's programs of all time Toy Story and then you pervert it uh, 20 years later and that's how you take a children at four, five, six, seven years of age and uh, and homosexualize them and uh, and take them down to hell with you, as the Pied Piper did uh, in, say, 800 years ago in Germany. So the same thing's happening today. And I think we as Christians need to just wake up and realize that we're in war and the enemy is capturing control over so many of these motion picture producing companies uh, we're going to have to be way, way more cautious now. And with personalized devices, everything's changed today. You may be able to control the iPhones and the electronic devices in your home, but you can't control the electronic devices in your kids' friends' homes, uh, in the Christian schools, or you know, down the street in your neighborhood. Uh, we're we're in a whole different situation today parents were controlling uh what their kids were watching on television in the 1990s they couldn't take the television set into the bathroom with them it would you know crush a kid to death but now they've got little personalized devices they can take anywhere they want and they have access to every form of perversion every bad worldview every bad movie you could ever imagine and we're talking about 10 12 13 year olds we're talking about your kids friends in the neighborhoods uh, across this country and around the world today. So every parent in the world is going to have to wake up. The only thing that stands in the way of this uh, perversion of children's corruption of children is not the governor of Florida. It's going to be parents who wake up and begin to discern these things for their families and control the media in their own homes. That to me is the only solution uh, from here on out. Bring up your children in the fear and admonition of the Lord, right, Kevin? 
That's it. That's it, man. And don't don't stumble your kids. If anybody stumbles, the least of these uh, of the children that believe in Jesus, Jesus said, "Be better for him that a millstone be hanged around his neck and be drowned at the bottom of the sea." So, I mean, Jesus is dead serious on this one, Dominic. And I think we just we're going to have to, as pastors, just wake people up and say, "We're in war. We need to defend our children. We cannot stumble our children in these things." Man, this has been a great for me. This has been a sermon, man. You know, so we gotta. So we got about six minutes left, and I, I, I would be. I know we have a lot more questions, but that's okay. We'll get another time together. But there ain't no way that I can't ask this last question because the name of the book is the Tattoo Jesus, and and I, I still want you to. There is a question here. Let me see if I get it. Oh, what about the contra, controversial topic of tattoos? You you called your book the Tattoo Jesus. What about tattooing, Kevin? What the heck? I mean, you want to let us know? You want to convict us again? (laughs) Out of the 150 pages, I dedicate three pages to the question of tattooing. Well, it's Uh, on this thing, so you know we got to hit it. (laughs) Yeah, that's it. So, yeah, I I see tattooing as something God does not want us to do. Um, Nevertheless, uh, what does God want in terms of sacramental symbols I think baptism is the the most important thing Christians need to need to apply. Now, a lot of Christians will tattoo Christian symbols, and uh, as a means of identifying themselves with Jesus or identifying Je- themselves with these truths. But you know, bottom line is that God gave us a tattoo, and that tattoo is baptism. That that is the sign, the symbol that's embedded deep into our skin, and 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 really right down into the core of our being. Uh, the, the baptism is what identifies us with Jesus. That's why it talks about us being baptized into Jesus. It's a very intense thing. I think the reason why Christians uh, have moved towards tattooing is because they're minimizing the sacrament of baptism. They're minimizing what baptism means in terms of its identification Mm. uh, with the Lord Jesus Christ. So that's the assigned sacrament that God has given to us. And I realize that people step up and say, I have my own. I want to use this. Well, why don't you use the one that Jesus gave you and consider it to be of such importance that you have no need for any others. So I guess that would be my argument. But you gotta you gotta read. I mean, bottom line is Leviticus 19:28 refers to the question of tattoos. And I believe there are universal cultural symbols that uh, God does not allow for for Christians. And that includes things like drinking blood, uh, vampirism, uh, tattooing, body mutilation, you know, um, et cetera, et cetera. I, I believe these to be what I call universal. Uh, cultural symbols. There are there are localized cultural symbols, which would be food offered to idols. But uh, Acts chapter fifteen refers not just to food offered to idols, but also the consumption of blood as a problem. So for that reason, I wouldn't throw away the entire Old Testament law. Some people do; they just throw the whole Old Testament law out and say we're not under law, we're under grace. Well, yeah, but if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. So there are still some commandments that apply. So which ones? And I would say that there are certain cultural commandments that God considers to be crucial for us in the present day. And uh, so that's my take on it. Again, a little bit controversial, but, you know, read the book, check it out, interact with me. I'm open for comments, questions and disagreements. 
Kevin, we got, listen, brother, we got two and a half minutes. Tell them about this book. Well, we, I mean, we do have a, a news program that we air every day called the Worldview in Five, Worldview in Five Minutes. My generation's broadcast goes up every day as well. But uh, yeah, the book is The Tattoo Jesus. Uh, and, and really, uh, my concern is that Christians are too easily ruined by philosophies and vain deceits uh, concerning the traditions of men, Colossians 2.8. Beware that you're not robbed. Beware that your children are not robbed of the knowledge of God, the knowledge of Jesus by these false worldviews, these uh, deceptive philosophies and traditions of men. Beware, 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 Colossians 2.8. And uh, so, you know, I want to be sure that our young folks, as well as our families, can d- discern those ideas and bad cultural devices that uh, can can just do a, a job on destroying the faith. In fact, we were dealing with a breakdown of the Christian faith in the Western world, no question about it. We're, we're, we're seeing hundreds of thousands, rather hundreds of millions of people that at one time attended Christian churches being lured away uh, through these other religions and specifically through popular culture and through educational systems that uh, present the wrong worldview. So, you know, I analyzed all kinds of things in the book, motion pictures, pop music, country music, Eastern medicine, computer games, horror movies, hip hop, Thomas Kincaid, Harry Potter, Jack Bauer, 24 series, uh, Sesame Street, The Hunger Games. Uh, and I've got some modern movies as well. So I just, I update it on a regular basis with some of the modern movies, just to be sure that people realize that uh, this is an ongoing process. Now, world passes away. The world, the cultural systems, I believe Hollywood is already passing away with uh, all of its systems, all of its lusts. But he who keeps uh, the commandments of God and does the will of the Father abides forever. Uh, That really is my theme verse for the book. You can grab the book at uh, generations.org, generations.org for all of our stuff. But yeah, the tattoo Jesus at generations.org. And we'll have it in the show notes. Kevin Swanson, a challenging figure. Uh, thank you so much for for being here. This is Street Talk Theology. Pastor Dominic Romali, we take theology and bring it to the streets. Thank you for joining us for Street Talk Theology with Pastor Dominic Grimaldi. You can visit Pastor Dom at Desert Sky Baptist Church at 891 West Corson Road, Casa Grande. And for more information, visit us online at www.desertskybaptist.org.